We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell, and as always, I'm here with Jason Patton. Jason, the Bulls are going to the playoffs. Well, it should be a celebration, but it really doesn't feel like it. The Bulls clinch a playoff spot tonight with the Orlando Magic upsetting the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Bulls, of course, in action on the same night, facing the Milwaukee Bucks at the United Center. Jason and I started this podcast a little early because with four minutes left, the Bulls are currently down by 20 against the Bucks. So a uh, tough game for the Bulls. It was a game that I absolutely did not expect them to win. It was a game that started with another piece of sad news. Lonzo Ball likely on his way to being ruled out for the remainder of this season. He's experiencing more discomfort as he started his ramp-up phase once again, coming back from knee surgery and also a bone bruise on his knee. So the bowl, only good thing you could say about tonight is that they're not going to be a play-in team. That is excellent. Thankfully, Mo Bamba and Iggy <laughs> Brezdakis and Markel Fultz carried the magic to a win that Orlando really didn't want to have because they want to lose as many games as possible to improve their lottery chances. Uh, but those guys in Orlando came up big for the Bulls tonight. The Bulls are going to the playoffs. The Bulls also got completely smoked by Milwaukee. And right now, Jace, it could be shaping up to be a short playoff stay as we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's such like a it's just a weird feeling because it is awesome that they're going to be back in the playoffs. It's been whatever four or five years uh, since the three alpha season, which was miserable, but uh, had some moments there in the playoffs. So it's been a while. We've seen a lot of shitty basketball. So just being back in the playoffs is still a nice feeling, but it's also just like in the midst of them getting crushed by every good team with Lonzo Ball now out for the season with Zach didn't play in this Bucks game because of his knee problem. We'll see if he plays against Boston. None of these, uh, the Bulls are going to also fall, but they also fell behind the Raptors tonight. So they're probably going to finish 
sixth at this point. But uh, so it's just like great that they're in the playoffs, but it just it's like impending doom. So like it's gonna be it'll be exciting like to see them back play, playing playoff games will be fun again. But right now, like I feel like the expectation is that they're just gonna get absolutely smoked. We'll see who they play. That'll still the. Bucks, Celtics, and uh, Sixers are all kind of uh, bunched up here still. So still to be determined who the Bulls will play, and and we'll figure that out here coming this week. But uh, it's just been a really rough uh, slog to this end of the season and just a huge bummer because the Bulls are one of the most fun teams in the NBA to start this season uh, when they were rolling on both sides of the ball and they had – uh, DeMar and Zach cook, both cooking when they had Lonzo and Caruso uh, manning this defense. And now Lonzo's done. Caruso is a shell of himself. He was awful tonight. I mean, not even close on his jumpers, not as effective defensively. So those two guys, one being out, one being toast. Zach being a shell of himself. Uh, and we have DeMar out here putting up like 40-point games. It's just like effortlessly putting up 40 while his team gets crushed. It's uh, valiant efforts by him, but uh, tough to watch these games lately. Yeah, pretty much the only positive I'm taking from tonight, besides for the fact that DeMar looked incredible, 40 points through three quarters in this game. He hasn't scored in the fourth. This looked like it was going to be another 50-point performance, you know, a second in a week or whatever. Uh, the one positive I'm taking out of this game is Pat Williams looked pretty good. Got his first start since the injury played 31 minutes uh it's going to end up being a little bit more than that because there's still a couple minutes left in the game but 16 points uh seven and nine shooting from the floor had a few nice offensive rebounds and putbacks hit two of his four threes so i thought pat looked good i thought demar looked absolutely locked in he looked like peak demar for the first three quarters of this game but ultimately it just feels like the bulls are kind of drawing dead right now and you know we can we can waste our time talking about this game. Really, this is a game the Bulls never had a chance in. But, man, Vooch, dude. <laughs> On a night when you absolutely had to have a good Vooch performance, if you wanted to have a chance to compete with Milwaukee, Vooch goes 3-19 and from the field, uh, you know, 1-6 from 3. I saw a stat. I think C-Red Fred tweeted that in his last 44 games, Vooch is shooting 29% from 3. Been a tough year for Vooch. Certainly, like, the downfall of this team is not all Vooch's fault uh, by any means. And, you know, at his best, when the team was at their best, Vooch was a critical part of their success. But, geez, man, I mean, that trade is not aging well. They're still out a first-round pick in 2023 for that deal. And Vooch just got his lunch eaten by Brooke Lopez today. Uh, if you had any concerns about Brooke Lopez heading into the postseason for the Bucks after he missed most of this year with a back injury, Lopez looked unreal today. 28 points in 29 minutes. Uh, you know, just a brutally efficient game inside the arc. He only hit one three, but he was just dominating the Bulls with post hooks. Uh, he looked awesome. Bucks absolutely look like they're the best team in the East right now with the playoffs coming next week. So, uh, this was a game the Bulls really never had a chance in, in my opinion. Yeah, the Vooch game was painful. I mean, he's had a few really bad clunkers this season, and this definitely is up there for one of the worst of the season. Uh, you mentioned Brooke Lopez. He was Brooke Lopez was taking guys off the dribble, Vooch included. He, Brooke Lopez absolutely stuffed Vooch multiple times when Vooch tried to back him down. Like it was honestly just sad. I mean, Brooke Lopez. I know he's a, I know he's huge, uh, Splash Mountain or whatever they call him, but like. 
this dude came off back surgery and he's just absolutely punking you on your home court. Just a really, really tough scene for Vooch. Then it is, it's been just a tough season for him. He's had his moments. He's had his game stretches. Yeah. It was in February. I think he played really well, was putting up like 20 and 10, but he sluggish to start the year. He's struggling now again. And some of these big games, against these good teams. He's just totally, he's just a total non-factor and that the bulls gave up a lot to get him. And when a guy, when that player who is a non-factor in these games against top competition, uh, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be talking about that trade and whether it was too much. I mean, I'll, I'll still say that getting him targeting him made sense. The bulls wanted to make a splash. They were looking to make a splash and they did it. They probably did give up too much, and it's probably it looks like it might come back to bite them here with just giving up two first round picks, giving up Wendell Carter Jr., who's been pretty solid with the Magic. But uh, tonight was especially rough for Vooch for sure. And Brook Lopez just, I mean, Brook Lopez is, used to be a great player, still a really solid player, and just a huge golf there today and really tough. We got some comments here. Uh, I guess you talk Patrick Williams. Yes, Patrick Williams looked really solid tonight. Uh, the jumper has lo- has starting to look a lot better. That this is high arcing jumper, and not only did it hit a few threes tonight, uh, he had a few mid range jumpers off the dribble, just cashing. And I would love to see him take more. I mean, in a game like today without Zach, uh, with Demar basically doing everything else, like I would have loved to have seen Pat take more shots, run some stuff for him. I know it, it's still sometimes. Uh, it's like pulling teeth to get him to take more shots. But he, when he got those some of those corner looks, he wasn't hesitant. Uh, and especially now these last couple games here, we'll see if the Bulls rest some guys. If we're playing pad big minutes, try to start get him more involved even. Like I said, that jumper is looking really nice. Uh, he did play some pretty solid defense. I know Giannis didn't really do much to start. I also thought that was Giannis just not giving a shit for – Giannis coasted through this game for – Almost all of it. There were like a few. There was one stretch in the second half where he started trying, but Giannis coasted. I feel like the Bucks coasted through this game, which is why them losing by twenty is also just gave him hundred. We're finishing up here one twenty seven one oh six. Just another discouraging loss, even we ex- expected it. But Pat definitely a good sign. Like I said, we got three games left during the regular season. If they do rest, guys, would love to see the Bulls just really feature Pat and try to really get him going here, going into the playoffs because. Uh, even if we think they're not going to do anything, and certainly doesn't seem like they're going to do much in the playoffs, getting Pat some valuable experience would be nice. Uh, and if he can keep playing a little, little better here, it'd be a nice, at least, momentum boost going into his third season. Yeah, I think the thing I've been saying about Pat the last couple times we've recorded this podcast is that I want them to use him in more creative ways than as a floor spacer because yeah. he does have a lot of unique skills. You could use him as a roller. You could use him as a ball handler in the pick and roll. He's very good on cuts. He's good on offensive rebounds. But when you're just having him like stand around in the corner, which was basically his role last season, or when he's uh, you know spacing the floor above the break even, that's just like the worst possible way to use him. So I want to get Billy... Uh, using him in more creative ways, get him on the move because he does have a lot of talent. And I, I'm thinking back to a moment last season when Billy criticized Pat for taking mid-range shots. Like it's clear the Bulls have a vision for Patrick Williams' development and it's as a 3 and D guy, but I just don't think that that's necessarily the best use of his skill set, right? Like I think that if you're just going to reduce him to a floor spacer, you're selling him way, way short And in this game, while he did hit a couple threes, I thought, you know, some of his better moments were those couple of mid-range pull-up jumpers, uh, you know, some of his offensive rebounds, some of his cuts. So 
I want to see them get more creative with Pat for sure. I'm going to read off a couple of the comments. We got this one from yeah. Clinton. How much better can this team real reasonably get this off season? I know we were surprised by Acme's last off season, but seems like there's a low ceiling for improvement here without a ton of assets to get better. Totally agree. I mean, if you're going to make a super bold move, your best asset this off season is Patrick Williams. Kobe White is probably another guy they could potentially look to trade. And then you got Vooch. Uh, you know, another reason why the Vooch trade just looks so poor now is that you're going into this offseason where I feel like you probably want to trade Vooch. Yes. I really get an upgrade at the center spot, but you're still out of first round pick yeah. in 2023. So the fact that you're already trying to deal him before the trade is even officially finalized or officially complete is just a massive bummer. So I agree with Clayton's comment. I think it's going to be really hard for the Bulls to, you know, find avenues to improve. You hope for internal development, starting with Pat, starting with uh, Io, maybe Kobe's still around. He would count in that mix too. Uh, you hope for better health because when the Bulls were healthy, they were very good this season. And then you hope that they can hit on their draft pick this year. I did a big mock draft at SB Nation today. Had the Bulls taking Patrick Williams, or I'm sorry, Patrick Baldwin, a <laughs> 6'9 forward from Milwaukee, who had a pretty brutal year in the Horizon League, but he was a top prospect before he decided to go play for his dad in college. Really selling me on this pick, Ricky. Total disaster, but uh, <laughs> you know, he's a 6'9 pure shooter, and I think they're going to need shooting. Of course, they need two-way shooting. And really, the other thing the Bulls have to do is just, like, hit on some of their fringe signings, like their low-minimum signings. You look at what the Warriors did this offseason. They were able to, like, hit on uh, Belgenka. They were able to hit on Otto Porter, uh, Gary Payton II. They just, like, found these guys uh, for, like, basically the minimum that were able to contribute winning at a high level. The Bulls are going to have to find some of those guys themselves. Because, you know, while they did make some good moves around the margins this year, obviously Iowa was a great pick. Uh, you know, a lot of these moves sort of blew up in their face. Troy Brown didn't give him anything. Tristan Thompson's been legitimately terrible. I think he's a net negative on the floor. Not even just like, you can't even say he's useless. Because I think he like, <laughs> takes away from what could make this team better. Tony Bradley gave you nothing. So they're going to need to hit on some fringe signings. But I agree with Clayton's comment that, like, if you're trying to project the offseason out right now, it's tough to be like, well, the Bulls have a lot of assets to go out and make a big move because they're out the 2023 pick. They're out the 2025 pick, which I believe is top 10 protected. So, uh, yeah, rough scene. But, <laughs> I mean, they made the playoffs. So it was a fun year. I don't know. We, we can talk about the ultimate success of this year. I do think it was a success. Yeah. But in terms of taking the next step, uh, yeah, Acme is going to really have to be on top of their game because there isn't a super easy path to improving, and the team needs to improve. Yeah, so the Vooch thing, like, I definitely think, and we had talked about this months ago, we're like, you know, like, the team looks good now, but if they crash and burn, like, definitely look to trade Vooch, and here we are, they are crashing and burning. So I think the Vooch thing has, Vooch trade has to be on the table. I don't even know if you necessarily, you don't necessarily need, like, an upgrade in terms of, like, in a vacuum, Vooch is still, like, a one of the better centers in the NBA. I know he's had some really bad games. They just need like a stylistic difference. I think to just like balance out the roster more uh, in terms of guys who can play both ends and just not be relying on top guys who are all just offensive heavy. Uh, you just need more guys who can play defense. Uh, 
I think we've just kind of seen while the roster is more talented, it's just, it's just not gets the, it's clearly flawed because of you take Lonzo out, you take Caruso out and you're, you still have your top three guys playing a ton of minutes together, but you're not any good. So when you have like three, whatever, all-star level players with Zach, Demar and Vooch, but like those three guys together are like a, or I think I looked this up. I tweeted out recently that they're like a, their net rating is like zero. They're just a mediocre team. Like when those three guys, uh, and then whoever else is playing, when you're just a mediocre team, like that tells you that that's just really not going to work. Uh, so like I think it's like a stylistic difference probably. It'd be Vooch's passing has been really nice. His skill offensively, the sh- his shooting falling apart, and obviously he had his he's had his issues around the basket at times too. And then the defense falling apart when you don't have Lonzo and Crusoe. Just seems like they could use a different type of player there at center. Uh, and people were asking me as well like what they could get for Vooch. Like, I'm not even. Like, what do you think the Vooch's and like Clayton here said like I can't fathom there's a GM out there who looks at Vooch's tape and wants to trade anything of significance for him. Yeah, like I don't know if you're gonna what you're gonna be able to get for Vooch. I can't imagine it's all that much. But like I mean maybe you're able to use something else to get a different type of player in at center. You trade Vooch for uh I don't know some a younger player maybe who hasn't proven much. I don't know. It's I mean, what do you think like Vooch could even fetch out as an expiring deal? Yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to just see, like, what other moves people want to make. At yeah. least Vooch is a big salary. So, like, I, he's making, I think, 22 or $23 million next year. It's a decreasing salary. Yeah, it's not a brutal deal. Year. So, you know, you could use that to, like, be the basis of a trade, just if you want to go after a guy who makes a high salary. The fact that it's expiring – should be you know a little bit more appealing to teams and then the question is what are you going to throw in as a sweetener like anyone who listened to this podcast throughout the season knows that when the bulls looked like they were true contenders this year i was ready to trade patrick williams because i thought that the bulls had a pathway towards potentially going to the nba finals this year well now i'm not so sure i want to trade pat unless it's the right move because even though he probably still doesn't align on demar and zach's timeline uh, he does give you a pretty good piece for the future, and maybe that's trading him. Maybe he's a piece you trade in a couple of years for like a superstar. So you don't need to trade yeah. him just to make like a marginal upgrade at your center spot. That's just my opinion. Uh, and then it's like, what's Kobe's value around the league with one year left on his contract? Do you try to trade someone else on this team? You know, I don't expect them to try to trade Lonzo Ball, but Lonzo's missing. You know. 30% of the season or more than that, 50% of the season, sometimes pretty much every year of his career. So uh, the bulls have work to do this off season and it goes beyond just getting healthy. Yeah, absolutely. Connor, uh, go ahead, man. You're up. Oh shit. There's a lot of pressure. Um, <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Uh, you know, one thing about, the, the tough thing about this bowl season that's really frustrating is that, you know, every every year NBA coaches are always like going to the playoffs. Oh, everybody's beat up. There's no whining. But it it seems like genuinely with a lot of our players, like Caruso's wrist is clearly at like, his back. It is not going to be good through the playoffs. Like he's not going to be able to shoot. And then you have Zach's uh, knee. And it's like, those are not the beat up injuries. It seems like those are genuine injuries that are really hurting the team overall. Um, yeah. And I, but one thing about Zach and I, I, he's really an incredible player and his efficiency numbers when he's healthy is amazing. But I don't know if you guys have ever thought this. 
every time I watch them, like when you, I watch a lot of NBA and there's like some players just have that, that winner about them. Even when they're on bad teams, you're just like, this guy knows how to win. And if you put it around him, he's going to do it. And I just never got that. I hate saying vibe, but I never got that vibe and still don't get that from Zach. And I was just wondering if you guys like have ever felt that way about him in any way, or if you really do think he is that player that you can build around to eventually contend for a championship. Certainly not a perfect player. I think he's a very, very good player. I don't think if the Bulls were to lose him, they could acquire a guy who is as good or better than him. So I think you have to keep him around. But the big thing is just, you know, the long-term health of his knee. Is this injury going to be something that continues to linger? And I think, you know, the Bulls had the right idea this year, which was that you needed, like, Zach was not going to drag the Bulls to competency, no matter how many points per game he was putting up on how impressive of a true shooting percentage. They needed to make him really, like, the second option or a guy who could play along, you know, two, three other stars. And while we thought this was going to be Zach's team coming into the year, it really became DeMar's team. Like, DeMar asserted himself as obviously the top option in crunch time. You know, the guy the offense was really flowing through, that sort of kicked Zach to a secondary role. I think that was great for Zach, really, when he was healthy. Uh, At the All-Star break, he put up numbers that, you know, potentially could have earned him a starting spot that ultimately went to Trey Young. But he was in contention for an All-NBA spot this year, I think, for the majority of the season. And it's tough to think about because, dude, at the All-Star break, the Bulls were tied for the number one seed with Miami in the all-star break was 70 or 71% of the way through the year. So they were competing at the top of the conference for seven tenths of the year. And then all hell broke loose with Zach's injury with, uh, you know, Lonzo and Crusoe not being able to come back with teams trapping DeMar with Vooch continuing to be totally unable to make a three. So I understand what you're saying about Zach. And uh, you know, if you want, I I certainly think like he hasn't put his name at the same level as someone like Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker yet. And that was the hope coming into this year, right? That Zach would really sort of stamp himself as being on the same level as those guys. Not there yet. It certainly seems like he's not going to be a hundred percent for the playoffs. I worry about the long-term viability of the knee for sure. But I also think you got to resign him because, you know, unless a doctor says this guy is never going to be a hundred percent again, then it's a different story. But as long as he's going to recover, uh, I still don't hesitate to give him, you know, a long-term max contract just because it's tough to find really, really good NBA players, guys who can be consistent all-stars. And I do think Zach's at that level. Yeah. I was, I'm the same way. I, th- I feel like I'm starting to see some more people like in my Twitter mentions kind of turning against him to turning at, at least turning against him, paying him a max, uh, it's, obviously it's going to be a lot of money. I am still firmly totally fine giving him a max. I do understand the knee issue, and especially now that Lonzo's got this knee issue too. Hopefully these aren't long-term things, but I think with Zach, I'm, I'm fine still get, paying him up uh, and seeing where it goes. I do think he'll be tradable. He's entering his prime. As long as this knee thing isn't truly like a disaster. Like if, if there are truly red flags there that like they find and it's like this could be an issue long-term, then obviously you got to think about so, maybe doing something else. Uh, maybe offering a bit less than the max, maybe looking for a sign-and-trade. <clears throat> As of right now, given the evidence that I have, I'm still fine paying him. I do, though, Connor, I mean, I do kind of get the, the, the whole vibe thing you were talking about. Zach is an incredible player, 
Uh, incredible score, one of the best scores in the league. But we have talked about this before. I feel like, especially when we look in the fourth quarters and late in games, I feel like he kind of still panics. And with that, we talked about that. That's why it was so important bringing DeMar in. DeMar is just so calm, can get to his spots, doesn't turn the ball over. Where Zach has always, while he can hit ridiculous shots, uh, I just feel like he's never like fully in control, especially yeah. late in games. And I think that kind of goes with what you're saying. And that's why he's probably is probably better as like a, a high level number two guy, which he was. The month before he got hurt, he was putting up like thirty a game on a ridiculous efficiency. Him and Demar were playing great off each other, both doing well in crunch time, playing off each other. But we have seen kind of the flaws in his game when he he's relied on to do too much, when he's relied on for even more like crunch time decision making stuff like that. The defense has obviously fallen off again. I think because of this knee thing, his playmaking has gotten better over the course of his career, but he is not even close to the level of top guys in terms of creating for others and creating good looks. So definitely, he's definitely like a second tier star type player. He's not like a true number one alpha guy, but he's still really good. Still a guy who gets who deserves a lot of money in the NBA and, and as a max guy. So we have to hope he gets healthy and this knee thing isn't a big problem. Yeah, whatever the hell. Like, he's gone to knee specialists. How do they not know what this is? They're just like, right. well. <laughs> yeah, you got it drained. You got, like, the whatever, the pee, whatever that, the plasma plate, whatever that thing is called, the plasma surgery. Yeah, or they just don't the injection, Whatever that's they called. Going said. to Germany, getting the Kobe thing that the, they used to make those jokes about. Yeah, I don't – it's just weird. It seems like it's just, like, it's not – they said there's no structural damage, so it's like just something in there is just not right, and it's clearly limiting him. He's had moments, but he's just not consistently great like he was before. Uh, yeah, so I hopefully we'll find out more. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if this offseason he needs some type of surgery. Yeah, uh, just hopefully it's nothing like really bad. Yeah. Well, thanks for the time, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for uh, coming up. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's read some of these comments from Patrick. Yeah. Patrick had some good thoughts. I'm yeah. going to read these out loud on the pod. He said, one, it was reported that the first five games of the season, Patrick Williams still had lingering pain from his ankle injury, which is why he looked so passive. But now he's rebounding better, and his help defense has been exceptional. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of positive flashes from Pat. And as I've been saying on the podcast, really, his whole – uh, his his whole stake is a top five draft pick is based on flashes, right? If Florida State came off the bench, was a solid player, but it's not like he was one of the best players in the conference or anything, is a freshman in the ACC. Uh, so I just want Pat to come in next year and just like certify himself as a solid NBA player, yeah. right? If he yep. can be an average NBA starter next year, that would be a massive win. Obviously, that would be a massive win. And I know that some people still think that he has, like, you know, next Kawhi level potential. And uh, I'm extremely skeptical of that for I mean, that just That's just, like, so far of what we should even expect at this point. He needs to be – I feel like year three, I know year two here is kind of a wash. They just need him to be, yeah, a good NBA player next season. doesn't have to be, like, a huge difference maker – like all like borderline all star, just be a good starter, uh, and that's a win. And that we we talked about when we were talking about him like being like talking about trading him for whatever Jeremy Grant or Harrison Barnes. We're like, if Pat ends up like those guys and is like a just a consistently really good, maybe even like below all star level player, that's a good outcome for him. I know number four, you pick a guy number four, you expect like whatever superstars. It doesn't always happen. If he ends up being a borderline all star player. That'd be awesome. Not necessarily expecting that next season, but needs to take a leap in year three for sure. And then next comment, also the future of this team is kind of scary. Our starting backcourt both have knee problems, and we, and we might owe them a ton of money if when we give Zach the max. It doesn't help that Vooch went three of 19 or whatever from the field tonight. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, Kevin Farragut of the Dennis Podman podcast. Listen to the Dennis Podman podcast if you enjoy this one. He said he tweeted out a stat today from the podcast account that Lonzo has only played 65% of the games in his NBA career. So uh, he, the start of his pro career has been defined largely by injuries. This is his second torn meniscus, right? Same one? Same, yeah, same knee, I believe. Yeah. So Lonzo's got to stay on the court for sure. He'll turn 25 in October. There have been plenty of examples of guys who have been injured consistently at the beginning of their careers and have then been able to stay healthy. So is Lonzo injury prone? Yeah, it's a big question. I'm not totally there. I think it's possible that he can, you know, get back and be able to be healthy for the Bulls. But we don't know how long this bone bruise in his knee is going to linger. Like, this should have been an injury, this torn meniscus, that he could come back from already. He should have been available for the playoffs, but the bone bruise sort of prevented him from being able to get up to full speed. So what is the status of this bone bruise, and when is that going to totally heal? Is it going to linger in the next season? I certainly hope not. But at this point, like, he's already had multiple setbacks with it. You can't just sort of assume 
that he's going to be all good. So, yeah, I agree with you that uh, that the backcourt's injury issues are a problem. Uh, I mean, Caruso, Zach uh, mentioned down here another comment. Caruso's got had the wrists, his back. I mean, Caruso looks awful. His shots are not even close. His defense has not been as disruptive. He, he's had his moments defensively, but he's clearly not anywhere close to 100%. So, I mean, that's their three best guards, basically, with notable injury problems going into the offseason. That's not great. Not great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other comments here. Uh, good, just good conversation talking about uh, looks like I mean Rudy Gobert. When we kind, I know Cody kind of brought that up when we had him on our pod, but and the Jazz are like are, are I mean, they are winning. They are playing really well tonight against Memphis, but the Jazz have had some drama going on. Uh, we had that viral stat talking with. with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy look like Quinn Snyder like went off today about it. Uh, but I mean, they've been kind of shitty. I feel like if they lose in the first round, I have to think they're breaking that up. Gobert would be, Gobert would obviously like be that stylistic shift. I talk about is a great defensive player would, would basically guarantee as long as the rest of the other guys are healthy, the bulls would be a great regular season team. I know you worry about him in the playoffs, but I mean, he is, would help that it would make them a lot better just in general, in terms of a general baseline of the team. Uh, I don't know if Ricky, you have any other thoughts on possibly going after someone like him uh, or any other, or even just the general thought about them getting like a defensive center. If there's any other guys you have in mind there. Yeah. Gobert's really good. If you have a defense built around Gobert, Caruso and ball, if all those guys are healthy, that's going to be like an insane level defense. And then you have Zach and DeMar just jacking a bunch of shots and, you know, potentially that could be a pretty good formula. So I'd be interested in that, but I just don't see what sort of package the Bulls right. are going to be able to put together to entice the Jazz with that. The Jazz need perimeter defense. That's really what they yeah. need around Gobert and Mitchell. It does seem like the Jazz are going to blow it up. There's even some talk that Mitchell could ask out. So if yeah. Mitchell asks out, that could potentially be the biggest domino to fall in the league this offseason. I believe he's still under contract for the next three seasons after this one. So it's not like he's going to be a free agent anytime soon. But, uh, you know, I think he'd be good. Someone just mentioned Miles Turner. Would you trade Vooch in the 19th pick for Miles Turner? First of all, I'm not sure they can trade that 19th pick because of the Stepien rule. Maybe they'd be able to when they were on the clock or they could make a pick. They can do it, I think, after they make the pick. Yeah, so would I do that, Vooch, in 19 for Turner? I'd consider it for sure. I'd need to do more of a deep dive into Turner. I have always liked Turner's game. Obviously a very good rim protector, good three-point shooter. He's not the passer Vooch is, and I think that that could be uh, a little bit of a bummer for the offense. He's not super athletic either. But, yeah, I mean, Miles Turner with Zach and Demar could be pretty good, so I'd, I'd consider that one for sure. Yeah, I guess I'm just like curious what the Pacers are planning on doing there. Because they obviously they broke up Sabonis and Turner finally. Do they also just want to keep going and trade like Turner and like Malcolm Brogdon and just like basically totally start over, build around Halliburton? Do they like Halliburton? I know Turner's been out basically since the trade deadline, I think. So I'm curious as how much they're looking, if they would even want Vooch. Maybe you have to get like a third team involved or something. Uh, Turner is a guy, I mean, Turner is a guy I would definitely at least look into. I tweeted this the other day uh, just because he is that defensive presence, that rim protector, getting the stylistic shift or whatever. So I uh, guess we'll see. Clayton, you are up here. Thank you for all the comments in here. Uh, go ahead, man. What's up, dude? 
So. Hey, thanks, guys. I mean, first off, longtime listener of the pod, first time I've ever chatted with you. So just want to say thanks for all the great content. Appreciate all the work. Thank you for listening. You always work for us all the time. Um, I will say this is my first time really being a hardcore Bulls fan um, during any time in my life that they've made the playoffs. Like, I grew up in Illinois and just kind of was a faint basketball fan when Rose was uh, kind of balling and doing his thing. But it really wasn't until the player mutiny under the Boylan era <laughs> that literally drew me in and made me a Bulls fan. I just absolutely loved, like, to just the pure drama TV all over the place that was the Jim Boylan era. So this is, like, for me, first day ever in my life of, like, the Bulls being a team I care about making the playoffs. Regardless, um, I know we've had a little bit of chatter recently about what happens this offseason and everything, but I do just want to focus for a bit on the playoffs and the right now. And there's zero part of me that thinks the Bulls are actually like a finals contender. There was a little bit of me that thought that earlier this season. Same. But like you guys were just talking about like all the injuries we got going on right now with Caruso, obviously balls, acts out tonight. Like now that we clinched the sixth spot, at least in the playoffs, like, I would just love it if Billy just shut down the entire starting lineup. Like, Crusoe, you know, take a seat for the next three games. DeRozan, take a seat. Vooch, take a seat. Like, what's the harm? And, like, obviously something's been wrong with this team and that they've been in a funk for, like, what, a month and a half or two months now. Like, maybe just give this team, like, another all-star break, essentially, in hopes that they just, like, revert back to what was the team before then. I think it's just, like, a pure hypothetical dream scenario that like anything of substance could really change. But like the Raptors won tonight, they've got that fifth seed right now. What really matters between five and six in the grand scheme of things for this playoffs is like none, you know, like it's totally out of our control who we play at this point and either team, whether it's the Sixers or I mean the Celtics, like whoever ends up at that four or three spot, I think it's regardless. So I'm very much on the just like sit out the rest of the season have, you know, Troy Brown Jr., Tony Bradley, call up Tyler Cook, roll out a starting lineup Marco. of those Rugrats, and I mean, just, like, sit everyone down, maybe book them a flight to Miami and hang out on the beach for a week, like, just call a massive audible and hope that something, <laughs> some switch changes, but... That's just my long rant of a, of a dream scenario from, from New York is where I live right now. So, so that's that. I'm, I'm assuming like Friday's their home regular season finale. Like I'll assume that the main guys will play a bit in that game. Uh, we have like tomorrow night against Boston. Like who the hell cares? Give Jamar the night off. Uh, give Zach the night off again. You don't need to play him if it, this knee is still bothering him. I said, I said earlier, like, just give Patrick Williams like 30 shots a game. I'll just let him fire away. I know maybe you want to rest him too bad. He needs the time. Pat needs the time to play. Get him those reps. Let Patrick Williams loose this last week. Basically him. Uh, and yeah, like, I, like I said, I don't think they're going to go full blown, like rest. Uh, but I mean, tomorrow they definitely should. Friday, they'll play their guys, I'm assuming, like I said, regular season home finale. And then Sunday, yeah, Sunday in Minnesota, I guess maybe depending on, like, if there's, like, the seating still up for grabs and, like, there is a matchup they would prefer or maybe they just, like, don't want to tempt the basketball gods or some crap like that. But, like, at this point, yeah, I mean, the Bulls are going to be a massive underdog against any team they face in the first round. Uh, so you might as well just give these guys – at least a little break here, even though that maybe not fully rest, but definitely try to limit their minutes uh, and just like not push them too hard here. 
I think you nailed it with a comment, Clayton. I wanted them to start resting starters at halftime after the Cavs lost yeah. Magic, which occurred while the Bulls were in the locker room for the halftime break. I'm like, dude, like, don't even play DeMar the rest of this game. Like, you clinched your playoff spot. Let's Marco cook from now on because <laughs> there's nothing else to really play for. Uh, I just saw Will Gottlieb on Twitter said, quote, Billy says he'll have a conversation with AK about potentially resting guys down the stretch. Health comes first, but also concerned about finishing strong, improving, etc. Well, I'm just going to say they're not going to improve or finish strong, even if they play all their guys. So they might as well try to get as healthy as possible. They're also going to have a little bit of a break with the play-in tournament. Uh, that takes up, I think the play-in tournament's from April 12th to 15th, and then the playoffs start on April 16th. It's like a full week after the play- after the regular season ends. Yeah, that will be good, too. But, uh, you know, you got that Boston game next for the Bulls, correct? Like, don't play DeMar in that game. Don't play Caruso in that game. Run out Tony Bradley. Run out Marco. Just uh, try to get everyone as healthy as possible because, yeah, Caruso has not looked the same. We know that his game is really built on, like, throwing his body around, being super tough. But there's, like, a price to the style of play that – he plays with and that he thrives with. So I'm fully on board. I don't want to see the key pieces on this team uh, play in the regular season again, quite frankly. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not worried about like the rust versus rust versus rest argument. Uh, I don't care if they're rusty. They've been terrible. The last 30 can't be any worse at this point. (laughs) I I was just looking through right before you guys had me on, like counting out how many teams of the bulls beat, that are above 500 in the last, like, I don't know, two months or so. Dating back to what I think I had it up on my phone is February 24th. The Bulls have beaten three teams that are above 500. And it was, I think, the Raptors twice, the Hawks, and then uh, Cavs. the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, those are the three teams. And I'm like, that's just just brutal. The, like, the, the two I mean, you could be rusty for two months. Like, yeah. what, what's another couple days off going to do at this point? Yeah, those two Cavs wins basically saved their ass from falling to the play-in. Uh, otherwise, they'd be in the play-in. And I was surprised they won that last one in Cleveland. They almost choked away. But, those, yeah, those two wins in that Raptors win were huge. Uh, maybe not the Raptors won as much. But getting that, yeah, getting the tiebreaker, beating the Cavs twice here at the end is probably going to be the difference between a first-round series and the play-in tournament. Uh, so at least they did that. Playing in the, I feel like if they would have gone to the playing tournament, they probably would have lost both games at this point. Well, 100%, probably, they would have fallen. They would have played probably Brooklyn in the first game. They would have gotten absolutely smoked. Uh, and then they played the what, like Atlanta or Charlotte. And the way they're going right now, like I wouldn't feel confident in either of those games. So at least they're getting this first round series, even if that first this first round series probably is not going to go well. Yeah. I was uh I was at the Hawks Nets game Saturday down in Atlanta and then just coincidentally uh, Hornets Knicks last Wednesday here in New York and like all, all four of those teams I mean outside of the Knicks just watching them it's like yeah, this team is clearly better than the Bulls right now and you know that wasn't the case necessarily I mean, the, a few the months Knicks, ago the Knicks but, beat like, the Bulls too <laughs> the Knicks did indeed beat the Bulls I I was there for that one as well um, but yeah that was just just no no it just sucks to have you know a lot of a lot of hope and excitement that for me kind of came out of nowhere. Um, after this off season, like I thought we'd be like a semi decent team, but just, you know, how the first half or you said 70% of the season went, I was, it was just so, so fun to watch the team. And like, even if, even if it wasn't necessarily a win, like just 
a lot of great ball movement and the fast breaks. And it was just a fun, high-flying team to watch. And we had Derek Jones Jr. out there doing a lot of stuff. I mean, this team just looks like an absolute shell of itself, even if it and making it a shell of itself, I think it could even be a compliment because it just doesn't look like the same team at all, you know? Um, so that's sports, man. You know, yeah. that's just being a fan and dealing with the realities of some team has to win and some team has to lose every game. Yeah, I mean, they I'm were about off here, but th- thanks yeah. for having me on. Th- guys. Thank you for the comments, man. Thanks for, and thank you for listening so much. Yeah, I would say the Bulls were 30, mentioned that like 70% said they were 39 and 21. I, th- I don't know if that was at the break or right after. They were 39 and 21. Since then, they're six and what, 13, I think, to fall to their 45 and 34 now. So, uh, definitely has just been a really rough go of it since the All Star break. Uh, let's let's try to be. We'll have a we have a little more of an optimistic look here from uh, Jeff McDonald in the comments. He says probably the minority. Yes, <laughs> considering how we've been talking, but feels like it gets way underlooked. This is the team's core. For the first season playing together for this core, we had a nice blueprint at the beginning of the season derailed by injury. I don't hate keeping it together and addressing what problems we saw. Wing depth, big defense at the margins in the off season. Uh, if they did end up running it back, like they they, had, they were really good when healthy. I think the things you mentioned, they clearly need to get a little more size. They could use a better backup center. They could use another big wing, as you said. They also desperately need more shooting. Uh, the fact that with Lonzo out and the Bulls are by far the worst three-point shooting team in, in terms of takes and makes by like just a wide margin uh, since the All-Star break is, I mean, it's gla- glaring issue. And like while a lot of the fringe guys we talked about like the fringe players they have have shown some nice things talking about Javante talking about Derek Jones Jr. talking about Io obviously Crusoe's not a fringe guy but great defensive player they just have too many guys that just can't really shoot that well uh they just don't have enough like two-way guys so they definitely need to find some three and D type players to fill out this rotation they have too many guys at the end of the bench who can't play Troy Brown as we mentioned bad uh Matt Thomas is useless even though he's Whatever, quote unquote, a shooter. He can't play though. Marco has been taking up a spot on this roster and not can't play at all either. So they definitely need to hopefully hit, as you said, Ricky, hit on some of those margins. If they did run it back, like they probably would be at least decent again. I guess the problem is we've seen that they would need perfect health, and the with this these guys, I just don't know if that's a thing. And so like they would still be pretty decent, but I feel like they definitely need to just. They need to shake things up somehow because I just think that we've seen just the, the way the roster is constructed, it is flawed. Because you just can't have whatever a couple guys get hurt and just totally fall apart like this and just be so non-competitive against really good teams. Yeah, I think like the idea of running it back to me would essentially mean keeping Vooch next yeah, year. Yeah, right. Yeah. Totally possible that they can't find a Vooch trade. And then, you know, you're probably keeping Patrick Williams. Maybe you move Kobe. Maybe that's like, you know, the yeah. biggest piece you move. But also Kobe's not making a ton of money next year. So it's like, what do you even have to match salaries with? They sort of blew it this year at the trade deadline by not trading Troy Brown and Derek Jones Jr., who could have combined to something around like $9 million, I think, to try to get you another piece back. Oh, those two would have been like 15, 14 or 15 together. Oh. 14 or 15. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I had that mess. Jo- J- Dear Jones Jr. himself is at like 9 million. I think yeah. Troy is at 4 or 5. Sure, sure, sure. That's what I meant. But, uh, you know, I criticized them. You criticized them too when they didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Was the season lost at the trade deadline, Jason? Like they had the opportunity to improve the team. The rest of the conference 
all improved, besides for really the Heat, who didn't do too much at the deadline. But ever since the trade deadline passed, dude, it's been all downhill. And, uh, you know, you wonder why that was the case, right? Like, did Karnaschovas know that the budget strings would be tighter if they have to re-sign Levine? Are they already projecting luxury tax concerns where they didn't want to take on, like, a guy who makes $15 million and who has multiple years left on his contract? Was that a concern for them? So, you know, it's frustrating because they had an awesome team for the vast majority of the year. They had the opportunity to try to add some reinforcements. You know, if you were to trade Troy Brown, Derek Jones, and maybe Kobe is a sweetener in a package, maybe you could get someone to bite on that. Uh, You know, get a look at Kobe before he goes into his final year of his rookie deal. But they didn't do it. uh, And I just... I worry that the season was lost at the trade deadline. I don't know if I want to say it was lost at the trade deadline. It was, I think ultimately any move they made probably, I just don't know if we would have been able to make up for what wow. other injuries that have hurt them. But I, I, I think we both agreed that we were very disappointed that they didn't do anything at the deadline, anything even small, just for some type of marginal upgrade. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out at all, but it would have been nice to sell see a little something. I mean, the only move they really made was they after they get Tristan Thompson on the bio market, and Tristan Thompson has not been very good, uh, and they used the biannual exception to get him. So, def- and and Derrick Jones Jr. That, that that situation's just been kind of weird because I feel like he does some nice things. I know again, I mentioned he's just not that good of a shooter. He did have a couple threes today, but he's been kind of lost in the rotation. So that is a missed opportunity when you don't trade that whatever eight eight nine million in salary, and now he's. Not really a rotation guy. He's kind of been found, find himself buried on the bench. Uh, that is kind of disappointing that they didn't use that and Troy or Troy himself. Uh, they also had, I think they also had the Daniel, someone mentioned Daniel Tice down here. They had a $5 million trade exception of Daniel Tice that they had at the trade deadline as well, where they could have taken someone making $5 million or less into there. They did not use that either. So they did not use the few avenues that they had. We don't really know what, uh, we didn't really hear many rumors about what was on the table. We basically heard Kobe wasn't really talked about in rumors. They didn't want to trade Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant. And we didn't really hear like anything. Else. We heard like Dennis Schroeder, who I'm, I mean, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I feel like the way the Celtics blew up once Dennis Schroeder left is probably a sign that maybe they it was a good idea they didn't get him. Uh, I can't remember who. I mean, there was the Yaka Pertle. Uh, I know Yaka, if we're talking about changing it, the center situation up, I mean, maybe Yaka Pertle is the guy they go after in the offseason. He is a, a solid just rim protector type uh, who would be nice and obviously wouldn't cost nearly as much as a guy like Rudy Gobert. Uh, I'm not really sure why the Spurs would trade him. He's just a solid young player. He's not making a ton of money. But, uh Yeah. Definitely was dis- even if I don't want to say like I said I don't want to say it was lost at the trade deadline with that inactivity but it was disappointing we said it at the time this is not second guessing at all we were disappointed when it happened disappointing now but uh, ultimately I feel like these injuries would have just been too much anyways all right well let's say that the vibes were great up until the trade deadline and then that's when everything torpedoed but obviously there's basketball reasons for it too uh, the way the team has really started doubling Demar and Demar just being unable to carry over his incredible February into March was part of the reason the team fell down but uh, you know Demar was awesome tonight I really think Demar is set up to just torch the playoffs Jace. And it's tough because it's like, even if he does go off for, you know, 40 on any given night in the postseason, do the Bulls have a chance to win even with that? Because the supporting cast just isn't there right now. So, yeah, it's disappointing. I don't know how much 
longer you want to go on this pod, I feel like we probably hit on a lot of the uh, a lot of the relevant topics. But oh, did, did we talk? Did we mention Vooch uh, almost clothesline and Grayson Allen? I feel like we we totally missed that. That was nice to see. I enjoyed that. I <laughs> know, and I would say that was not a dirty foul. Like he was being held. Vooch is being held back by Brooke Lopez. There was the offensive foul called. I mean, and he went for the ball. Uh, just kind of a little elbow to the chin area is nice. The second second time the Bulls have given delivered. Like I said I don't want as much as some people might want to like legit deliver a cheap shot to him. I don't really want to do that. Just give a good hard foul. The one good thing Vooch today was hard fouling Grayson Allen. He got like a, a technical foul for it, not even a flagrant. That was kind of kind of weird. But uh, so at least good for Vooch for giving delivering Grayson Allen a hard foul, even though the Bulls got their ass kicked and yeah you, you, the, to the point of tomorrow like tomorrow was just on fire unstoppable and, but it was just like all for nothing because the bulls were down by 15 to 20 points basically the entire night so it was it was just kind of humorous watching that because the, the bucks couldn't stop him at all but it didn't matter it was the bucks put up 127 points and the bulls had no chance and i get i mean if the bulls play the bucks i mean they're gonna get absolutely murdered by them and i feel like that's what could happen tomorrow will go off uh Maybe Zach will have some good games, but like it, the Bulls just really can't stop them, and I don't know if they'll be able to stop Boston. We know they can't stop Joel Embiid, uh, so like I feel like the Bulls are just going to get smoked in terms of they won't be able to stop anybody. Demar's going to put up a ton of points in the playoffs, hopefully, and uh, I just want it to be competitive. Give me even if it's a gentleman's sweep. Give me one win. Give me some competitive other games. I just really hope they don't go in and lose by fifteen to twenty every night, like they have been against all these good teams. Well said. Yeah. Uh, final here from Zach. He said, will the message this offseason be the same as the tread li- deadline? Basically just get healthy and hope it all works out. I don't think so. I think they will look to do something. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a block, another blockbuster move, but I think uh, after seeing how things have played out this season, I would guess that AK is going to be try to be aggressive. Whether that actually turns into something big, I don't know, but I don't think he's going to rest on his laurels here just after this jump here. I think he, re- he probably knows they got more work to do to get better and take another step forward. So, Hopefully that'll be uh, they'll do something good there. But for now, we will try to stay in the now here. We got three games left in the regular season. We got the playoffs coming up. Hopefully the Bulls can at least make things somewhat entertaining here going into the playoffs because it's been a while since they've been there. So don't want to be looking ahead and just talking about the offseason now. Hopefully we have some fun playoff basketball to talk about that we at least get some competitive games. So, uh, Ricky, you good here? Should we wrap it up? Wrap it up. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for commenting. Great, great stuff in the comments here. And thank you for uh, the guys who stepped up and uh, chatted here. Always get to get, always good to get your guys' participation here. Uh, this this podcast should be up later on our feed overnight. So if you missed any, you want to go back and listen to the rest of it, uh, it should be up overnight. Uh, so as always, shout out to the Blue Eye Network as well. We will probably be back. We go, the Bulls play the Celtics tomorrow. Uh, we might do another pod before the end of the regular season. If not, we'll definitely do a season wrap-up pod after the Bulls play the Timberwolves on Sunday. Uh, maybe, and we'll see if the, if the what was going on with the Lakers tonight. Did the the Spurs end up winning? Have you seen that score, Ricky? Spurs are winning. Yeah, they're beating the Nuggets one twelve to ninety seven. All right, so there is a chance the Lakers season ends tonight. So that could be a lot. That could be really funny if the Spurs win and the Lakers end up losing. Sans LeBron to the Suns, Lakers season's over. So that's at least kind of funny too. So, uh, but yeah, thank you very for, for listening. This has been Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We will talk to you guys next time.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.